allergies are one of the most common types of food allergy seen in children and adults, caused when the body's immune system overreacts to proteins found in nuts or peanuts, it can lead to a range of symptoms from mild reactions to severe anaphylaxis, which is life-threatening. People with a nut allergy need to avoid the nut that triggers their allergy entirely. But there is hope on the horizon. Called oral immunotherapy, it is emerging as a possible way to desensitize people to nuts and allow small amounts to be eaten safely. And that's what I'll be covering in today's podcast. A nut or peanut allergy is one of the most common food allergies seen in infants and children. Just for peanuts alone, about three in every 100 infants will have an allergy to them. And while some children will naturally outgrow their allergy, most will still have the allergy in adulthood. Food allergies can be life-threatening. Peanuts, tree nuts and seeds are some of the most common food triggers for life-threatening severe allergic reactions. A nut allergy happens when the body's immune system becomes oversensitive to a protein in a nut. And the sensitivity can mean that people can react even if they are exposed to tiny traces of nuts in food or even sometimes simply breathing in or touching a nut. Now, when you think of a nut allergy, it is peanuts that usually come to mind, but people can be allergic to all types of nuts. The proteins in peanuts that can trigger an allergic reaction are very different, though, to those in tree nuts. So someone who is allergic to peanuts is not automatically going to be allergic to tree nuts. And just to confuse things, peanuts are not a nut, but they're a legume. Legumes include foods like chickpeas, lentils, and soybeans. That's why it is correct to talk about peanuts and tree nut allergies as different things. A wide range of tree nuts can cause allergic reactions, and these include almonds, Brazil nuts, cashews, hazelnuts, macadamias, pecan nuts, pine nuts, pistachios, and walnuts. So what actually causes a nut allergy? And by nut here, I'm talking about peanuts and nuts, so you can just use the the term that suits your viewpoint. All allergies have a common base. It is when the immune system reacts to a specific allergy trigger called an antigen. The immune system produces antibodies against the allergen, which causes inflammatory reactions and the release of a chemical called histamine. Histamine causes hives, hay fever, and other allergic symptoms. Food allergies are very common. Food allergy is found in around 10% of infants, about 4-8% to of children, and about 2% of adults in Australia alone. The most common types of food allergies seen in children and adults relate to soybeans, peanuts, cow's milk, wheat, sesame seeds, eggs, shellfish, fish, and tree nuts. A food allergy needs to be properly diagnosed. This can be done by a doctor or an allergy specialist, and usually a combination of questions to help narrow down the likely list of suspected allergy triggers, combined with skin or blood tests is normally done. And while the results of allergy tests are a useful guide in determining whether a person is allergic, they are not a reliable guide to how severe a reaction will be. So signs and symptoms of peanut, tree nut, or seed allergies can vary. 
They range from mild reactions to severe anaphylaxis. Some factors can make allergic reactions to food worse, such as the amount of food eaten, exercising around the time of exposure to the allergen, alcohol, asthma, and being unwell in general. Signs and symptoms of a mild to moderate allergic reaction to food include raised bumps on the skin, which is hives, swelling of the face, lips and eyes, runny nose, cramps, nausea or vomiting. But it's peanuts and tree nuts that are the most common foods likely to cause severe allergic reactions. This is called an anaphylactic reaction and it is life-threatening. Signs and symptoms of a severe reaction include difficulty or noisy breathing, swelling of the tongue, swelling or tightness of the throat, having difficulty talking, wheezing or persistent cough, dizziness or collapse, and in children, a paleness and floppiness. If you or a person you care for experience a severe allergic reaction, this is a medical emergency and an ambulance should be called immediately. And if available and you have been trained the use of an EpiPen auto-injector to administer adrenaline, also called epinephrine, can be life-saving. Now, there is no cure for a nut allergy. That means the only proven way to manage it is to completely avoid exposure to the nuts a person is allergic to. That means being an avid label reader because nuts can be hidden in all sorts of foods, even in trace amounts. But science is not standing still, and emerging treatments are now being explored. In recent years, some exceptionally promising clinical trials have found that exposure to very small amounts of peanuts in a controlled environment can have a desensitizing effect. The treatment is called oral immunotherapy, and the benefits from it in those that respond to it can build a safety margin against inadvertent, life-threatening exposure to peanuts. In one early clinical trial of peanut oral immunotherapy, 40 children aged between 9 months and 36 months were given either high or low-dust peanut exposure daily for around 29 months. After the end of the treatment and allowing for a month of following a peanut-free diet, Peanut protein was then added back into the children's diet. The results were impressive. Around 80% of children, given either high or low dose of peanuts, were able to eat peanut-containing foods without having an allergic reaction. And I'll link to this study in the show notes. So to put the newly developed tolerance to peanuts into context, the children in the clinical trial were 19 times more likely to be able to eat peanuts without a problem compared to a similar group of children with the allergy, but who didn't have the peanut oral immunotherapy. And published in only January of this year, a clinical trial in 150 highly peanut allergic children aged between one and three years found that peanut oral immunotherapy safely desensitized 71% of them to peanuts. And it also induced remission of peanut allergy in one-fifth of the children as well. Compare that to the placebo group in this trial, where just 2% of children experienced remission from their peanut allergy, which would have happened as a matter of course over time anyway. Remission was defined as being able to eat 5 grams of peanut protein. So that's equivalent to 1.5 tablespoons 
of peanut butter without experiencing an allergic reaction. And that was six months after completing immunotherapy. And I'll link to this study in the show notes. Now, what was used for the immunotherapy in this recent trial was peanut flour. The amount of flour eaten was increased to finally provide two grams of peanut protein. That's the equivalent of about eight peanuts. And the benefit of the treatment grew the earlier in life it was given, with one-year-olds showing the highest rates of remission. And there have even been oral immunotherapy clinical trials using a special drug called AR101, which is derived from peanuts. This drug gives a dose equivalent to 300 milligrams of peanut protein. In one study, a total of 551 people, mostly aged between 4 and 17 years, with severe peanut allergy, were enrolled in the trial and randomized to receive either AR101 or a placebo for 24 weeks. And at the end of the trial, each person received a peanut food challenge. For those in the AR101 group, 67% were able to tolerate the equivalent of at least two whole peanut kernels without symptoms. This was in stark contrast to people in the placebo group, where only 4% passed through the peanut challenge without reaction. And I'll link to this study in the show notes. But no matter how impressive the results of oral immunotherapy are, it is not implying that the allergy has been cured and peanut butter is back on the menu for kids with a peanut allergy. Only that children can now live a life with a much greater safety margin against accidental exposure. But I need to say this really clearly. Because of the serious dangers of intentionally exposing children to peanuts, any form of oral food immunotherapy should only ever be considered under direct medical supervision by health professionals, such as immunologists and pediatricians. So finally, what about peanuts during pregnancy? So with nut allergies so common in infants and children, for many years, conventional wisdom was that women should avoid peanuts during pregnancy. In utero, exposure to nuts was at one time thought to be a trigger for raising the risk of allergy risk in the children. But this idea has fallen out of favour due to the findings of recent research. Simply, there is little evidence to support the claim that eating peanuts during pregnancy will make a child more likely to develop a peanut allergy. And there is even some research to show that women who eat peanuts or tree nuts during pregnancy pass on a lower risk of developing a nut allergy to their infant. So it seems the early introduction of food allergens leads to the development of tolerance to these food allergens, reducing the risk of developing food allergies overall. So unless a woman who is pregnant has a nut allergy herself, nuts are definitely okay to consume during pregnancy. So let's wrap all this up. A nut allergy has many serious health consequences. While avoiding nuts that a person is allergic to will stop an allergic trigger, it can be hard to maintain this throughout life if the nut allergy doesn't naturally subside. Oral immunotherapy is now emerging as a potential way to treat food allergies to desensitize people to nuts and allow small amounts to be eaten safely. So that's it for today's show. You can find the show notes either in the app 
you're listening to this podcast on if it supports it or else head over to my webpage at thinkingnutrition.com.au and click on the podcast section to find this episode to read the show notes. If you find this podcast of value, then please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues or maybe even leave a review. This all helps increase the ranking and reach of the podcast, which means a big win for credible, evidence-based nutrition messages while helping to dilute out the crazy and making the world a slightly less confusing place. I'm Tim Crow, and you've been listening to Thinking Nutrition. Thinking Nutrition.